It's time for Dodger baseball. The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Episode 7 of Off the Air, Emmanuel Barbari joined by Jackson Heil and Jackson this week, the Fordham contingent over at Barstool Sports really pumped up for this episode. Two people we know very well and two of the more entertaining people we're going to have on this alumni podcast. Yeah, Tom Scabelli, Dan DiOrio, two of the preeminent personalities at Barstool Sports right now. And like you mentioned, two guys we know very well. I mean, I know coming in as a freshman, being at FUV, it can be intimidating at times, but um, those are the type of guys you look up to when you come into WFUV sports, and they were the ones who really were part of setting the direction, along with Matt Murphy, John Furlong, Dan Bradley, plenty of others, but those two were a big part of um, why I became so interested in WFUV when I got there, and obviously they are doing great things at Barstool since they have left college as well, so very excited to talk to those two. We're going to get into plenty of what they're doing now at Barstool, how they got there, how Fordham shaped them, but you make a good point. It's not very clear the path you're going to take once you get to Fordham and WFUV, and I'm not sure for either of us whether we knew exactly where it would go, and both inside and outside of the station, those are the type of people that make you want to keep going and really created a a fun, inviting atmosphere, and I remember very fond memories from freshman year of them introducing and showing us the ropes. Oh, I just remember the first gathering we ever had outside of the station. I mean, you always remember those type of memories at WFUV, and Tom and Dan were a big part of why um, some of those gatherings were so special and so memorable. So great to catch up with them. It's been a while since we got to talk to them. Um, so this this is going to be really cool, getting to really kind of catch up, see how things are going. And obviously, I mean, I remember senior year, just one of the big things of the spring semester was watching Tom explode at Barstool Sports, calling games with Dave Portnoy and watching him being his good luck charm for gambling. So um, just being able to watch that firsthand and now be able to talk about it with them is going to be really enjoyable. Two very intriguing paths. So before we talk to Tom and Dan, let's learn a little bit more about our seventh this time, set of guests on the Off the Air podcast. This week on Off the Air, Dan DiOrio and Tom Scabelli. A 2018 Fordham graduate, Dan spent his time as a producer and color commentator of Rams basketball and football, working as an MLB and NFL beat reporter while also hosting and producing WFUV's One on One. Diorio took on the assignment of runner for ESPN and, a couple years later, became office manager at Barstool Sports, a post he's held for the last two years. Also a 2018 Fordham alum, Tom Scabelli served as assistant sports manager, an NFL, NHL, and Yankees beat reporter, and called play-by-play of Rams football, baseball, and softball, in addition to hosting WFUV's one-on-one. While at Rose Hill, Scabelli earned an internship at Barstool Sports, 
operating various social media platforms, including Twitter and Instagram. Currently, Scabelli is a blogger for Barstool Sports, where he gained notoriety as Tommy Smokes. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Dan DiOrio and Tom Scabelli. Tom, Dan, how you doing? Hey, man, doing well. Thanks for having us. Good, good to see you guys. I was just saying before, I haven't seen Eman Jackson, haven't seen those those smiling faces of yours since probably what freshman year, maybe, or maybe Bob's birthday dinner last year. It's good to see you guys. So that is a good point because this is the first episode we've had where we have an overlap. Uh, Tom and Dan are are two people who are on the way out seniors, while Jackson and I were freshmen. So there is some overlap there, and we both shared somewhat of a Bob Aaron's experience as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember uh, like your your training class. It's crazy you guys are seeing, not to sound like an old man being like, I can't believe, but like seriously, it's crazy. <laughs> like I feel like, like you're a sports manager and assistant sports manager, right? I feel like that was one of the biggest locks of all time from like the start of the start of freshman year. You knew it was like a minus 2000 favorite that that was going to be the duo running. Well, I appreciate Should've that. Should have put some money on it. <laughs> I appreciate that though. Just for you guys, how is everything, how has quarantine affected the work schedule for you guys obviously being in a kind of a very different market how is the quarantine and kind of staying home affected the way you guys go about things uh yeah i mean i think you know barstool is a, a unique company in the sense that we're we're probably better equipped to adapt to something like this than like a traditional sports media company because we don't necessarily need um like actual sports to create stuff like Dave has been doing day trading every day big cat is playing a six-year-old uh, college football video game to entertain people like everybody can kind of do your own thing um, so yeah I mean I, I've been working from home uh, I've gone in the office just a few times to film a video do a podcast or something but for the most part we I think we were a company that's better equipped to sort of deal with a situation like this yeah I agree I think Tom hit it right on the head because we do kind of more creative stuff and unique stuff. Um, we have more flexibility when something unprecedented like this comes up. Like we have the ability for multiple content people to be streaming or creating content from their house, as well as like all the shows going remotely. So, I mean, aside from a couple production people that are required to be on site, it's been pretty smooth um, despite all the challenges that you know we're facing. You guys had different paths over to Barstool Sports. Tom interned for several years during college, and then that resulted in a full-time job after that really breathtaking month of March in 2018. And Dan joined Barstool after he graduated Fordham. Tom, when did you know that Barstool Sports and that type of media was something you wanted to do after being at FUV for a little while? Um, well, I mean, I, I started following Barstool my, I think, sophomore year of college, just fell in love with the website, thought it was super funny. Didn't necessarily think I'd ever work there one day, um, but uh, they moved to New York in September of 2016. CEO sent out a tweet, Eric goes like, you're a college uh, kid in New York, you want the best internship of your life, uh, email us. So I did that. Um, I got it. And then, yeah, I mean, even... So I was actually listening in in honor of this. I was listening back to just some old FUV stuff last night on my Google Drive, taking a trip, emotional trip down memory lane. And I, I found a, a recording I did from an internship seminar in like spring of 2017. So I've been at Barstool for maybe eight months. And in that, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'll be working at Barstool, you know, I, uh, after graduation. Because at that point, I was still just doing social media stuff. 
and I didn't really think I want to do like social media for a living. I knew I wanted to do more something on air, like in, in front of camera, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always kind of knew that I, I liked the creative aspect more than like, E-Man, I know you like probably looking up the second string running backs, like height and weight of like Lehigh. That to me was extremely boring. Like I always like one-on-one more things that are more creative and more fun. So that's why Barstool was a great fit. I just didn't know if I'd get that opportunity to do it. And then, yeah, like you said, once I had that uh, weird gambling March Madness run, that kind of opened up some doors. I was able to get uh, a role in Barstool that I really, really wanted and enjoyed and, and had a great time doing. Yeah, so for me, it's basically uh, just riding co- Tommy's coattails pretty much. Um, no, no, but in all seriousness, the WFUV connections and uh, the Fordham education just gives you such an advantage. Having that uh, experience, you can just go to really any employer and they just have an understanding that you have you know, a very uh, great foundation of knowledge that you can build around. And the one thing that's been great about Barstool is, you know, I've watched them grow throughout college uh, while I was in college. And then like, like Tommy did, it became a, a full-time job, which has been awesome. But just seeing the company grow and like the additions we make. And uh, like you said, it's kind of a moving target um, in terms of what we're going for at any given time. But the fact that we can just adjust on the fly and call audibles as things uh, come up is really something to be proud of. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been great working at Barstool, not only as uh, in a production role, but you also have the freedom to kind of do whatever you want, like started um, Twitch streaming and, you know, doing more content stuff. So just having the freedom to do that in addition to your general day-to-day responsibilities is something that you you won't get at any other uh, job. You guys have talked about obviously how Barstool is just such a unique content platform because there's just so much different stuff that goes on there. Did FUV influence your your path in that way and just saying like, listen, you kind of have been a part of this. You see what being just involved with specifically sports is about. Did that kind of like shy you away from maybe pursuing more a job in that front and wanted you to maybe go in a more unique direction like Barstool? Um, I mean, I, I, I liked, I wouldn't say like working at WFUV made me think like, oh, I don't want to work in sports media. I'd say if anything, it, it helped me understand what I like more where like I said like I kind of realized like okay I don't really know if I like doing like two days of prep to you know figure out all these people's random random statistics height and weight and whatnot like that probably I I don't want to do but like doing one-on-one doing podcasts and stuff like that I was like okay this is a lot more fun like being able to have a little bit more creativity um that yeah that kind of made me realize like okay I'd much rather do that uh than do play-by-play or do color or whatever so I would say like spending four years at WFUV and doing so many different things, it does help you find out uh, what you want to do. And mine was more like on the creative side. It doesn't even necessarily have to be sports. I got, I'd say right now, a lot of stuff I do isn't even necessarily sports related, uh, but it was just finding out that, yeah, I'd much rather do something creative than sort of do something in more traditional sports media. Yeah. And the great thing is there's just, uh, you know, WFUV, you're forced to do so many different positions. I say forced, but really it's an opportunity you're given. You're given the chance to do color, okay? The next week, maybe you're doing play-by-play, or maybe the next week you're in the booth doing production. But those are all skills um, that, you know, you can take with you long after graduation. And, you know, while it's just, um, you know, getting your, your feet wet at, the, at that time, you still have an understanding of, like Tom said, okay, I don't like doing this, or here's what I like working on. Let me tune my uh, works, my workflow to kind of, you know, be more conducive to those things I like. 
Do you guys recall your first interaction with, with Bob Ahrens and, and how that kind of set you on your FQB path? Yes. Uh, so I'm trying to, uh, I remember I actually didn't know much about WFUB going into Fordham. Like I was, I didn't go to Fordham to go to FUB. I knew Michael Cape and Scully, but like I didn't really know it was like such a great program. I just remember seeing it at the club fair one day. I actually don't remember if Bob was at the table. I imagine he might've been, I don't know, but I remember signing up and uh, I remember like, I think everyone's, I always remember calling him Mr. Aaron's and like my first emails to him <laughs> before realizing that like he just goes by Bob. But I'm try I do remember vividly one time, like standing on the Metro North track, like I was going to visit a friend in the city and it was an email from Bob being like, make sure you fill out this form if you want to be a trainee. And I remember being like, do I really want to do this radio program? Like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? I'll just fill it out and see what happens. And that ended up being like the greatest decision probably that I ever made. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember Bob, like probably the first workshop or whatever, just talking so much. That That's basically the, the Bob memories. He just can talk about so many things for so long. But, uh, you know, you know right off the bat that it doesn't take long. You don't have to spend much time with Bob to know that he's like a, a great guy. Yeah, I think my first experience, uh, I came into Fordham as a transfer. So joining WFBV was awesome. But I would definitely encourage anyone who transfers, that opportunity is definitely there for you to get involved. Um, and Bob, once I told him that I had interest and I was doing previous radio experience at my other uh, college I attended, he couldn't have been more, um, you know, helpful with getting me onboarded and stuff. My, my biggest regret is that obviously I only had three years of WFUB experience, but um, in those three years time, Bob really made sure that we were where we needed to be from start to finish. He, he built around the skills that I had pre-existing and it was really uh, great to work under him. While we're on the topic of Bob Aaron's, I mean, you guys are probably the, maybe the only two people in the world who have gotten the opportunity to work with Bob Aaron's and Dave Portnoy. Um, how would you compare and contrast those two as bosses and mentors? Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wasn't prepared. Tommy, you want to start? I mean, I have You, some, you go first. Though. I got to think of that answer. I mean, they're both very passionate and have uh, strong opinions on what they believe, like regardless of if you disagree with them. There's been times I'd go in and, and you know, Bob and I don't see eye to eye on something or we're working on a video and I said, oh, I don't know if I agree with that cut. But you know what, at the end of the day, it's just like those are two people that have undisputed success, in my opinion. Uh, and I mean, you just have to take uh, each day and the experiences you have with them at, yeah, and learn from them. I mean, it's it's rare to be surrounded in uh, people with that sort of talent. So just learning as much as you can. Yeah, I'll say like sitting, ha like having dinner, sitting across the dinner table from Dave or sitting across the dinner table from Bob is probably two very different experiences. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Dan said, at the end of the day, they're both great at what they do. They both care a lot about, uh, with Bob, WFUV, Dave Barstool, obviously, and like we'll give 110% 24-7 work ethic grinding to make sure that their product uh, is is a success for David Barstool, for Bob it was, is uh, WFUV. So I, yeah, I think anybody that has as much success as they've had are, are going to share those qualities, but definitely different personalities, I would say, in, in, yeah. in some other aspects. 100%. A lot of the guests we've had on have cherish those relationships forged at fuv you guys almost had your own road trip crew your senior year 
Utah, Matt Murphy, Dan was the onsite producer a lot. Are there any memories that stick out from from that particular group of of going and traveling with the Fordham teams? Any road shows in particular that stick out among your most memorable Fordham memories? I'll start right off the top. I mean, my favorite one just um, that we experienced was uh, Fordham men's basketball versus West Virginia in Morgantown on December 23rd, I want to say, right before Christmas, the snow was coming down. Um, and that's one of the moments where you just pinch yourself and have to look around. Like you're on the team bus with the Fordham men's team and you're like in West Virginia pulling up to the uh, the the stadium there. It's just crazy that that is uh, an experience that you can expect as a part of WFUV. And I mean, that's just one of many, but that was that was surreal for me. And in terms of road trip, I mean, we had an awesome trip to Cooperstown um, our senior year in which Bob drove the first way there in the rental car and he missed an exit. And instead of, you know, backtracking or just taking the extra maybe five, 10 minutes it added to the route, he decided to pull all the way over to the right lane on the highway and then put it in reverse for about 300 yards while tractor trailers and, and God knows what were in the left lanes beside us. So it was quite uh, nerve-wracking. Another time, he was probably going 70 miles an hour into a stop sign. But you know what? That's just part of the um, WFUV experiences that you don't get anywhere else. And, I mean, like I said, that's, uh, that's Bob Aarons for you. I mean, sure, it, it will be scary, you know, riding with him. But at the end of the day, he's going to take you to great heights as long as you uh, – stay stay along for the ride do you ever find it amazing that there are all these stories about someone nearly dying with bob but but everyone makes it out okay like it, it's always a memory yeah i think that's uh that speaks to to it it's like uh the something that everyone at wfuv should be initiated with is getting that that experience before you really get the full understanding it does, FUV teaches you like a lot about sports media and it teaches you how to handle being in the car with an absolute terrible driver. Those are like the <laughs> main things you walk away from with WFU. If we're on Bob driving stories, I remember one time he was, uh, we we're going to the Giants game together and I was covering the, the Giants and he was, he started leaving Fordham. I was like, oh, what am I doing? Like I'm driving like as if I'm going home. So he turns back around starts driving a new way. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute, that was the right way, actually. So then he turned back around again. And it was just like three different reiterations of trying to get to Giant Stadium. But yeah, for road trips, I was going to say uh, West Virginia also, I, especially because like we, I don't remember, do you remember how, Dan, we, we knew like the student managers somehow at West Virginia. So they let us like go into like yeah. the facilities and we we're just like shooting around and like looking at like Bob Huggins' office and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, I mean, we went to, I think the three of us went to what, Dayton, Davidson, St. Joe's. We got to interview Joe Lenardi. That was pretty cool. Um, uh, Dan wasn't there, but like me, Matt, and John Furlong uh, got to go to Jamaica. That was an unbelievable trip. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of, but even like, honestly, even the less glamorous trips are still fun memories. Like even football trips to like Bryant or like CCSU or something, like still stick with you just because like some of the best memories you have is just those van rides up there with usually Joe DeBarry driving and like everybody else just in the back seat. Um, so yeah, it, it, all those trips were fun. No matter now you're going to the Super Bowl or you're going to you know Fordham CCSU. Yeah, so many. It's hard to name them all. You just named a couple that I forgot. Uh, football games like going to Georgetown um, for Fordham football was awesome. 
And then, like you said, Super Bowl was just another great time in Minnesota. So those are experiences. The Georgetown experience, though, wasn't great because that was uh, driving back that night was game seven, Yankees-Astros, ALCS 2017. So we're trying to stream that on our laptop. And I remember watching Canely give up the home run. And so that that, That's that right. experience sucked. But I think I was that, trying to hack into the Ram Van Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was on my way back from somewhere during that. Judge robbed the home run. I thought it was a good sign of things to yeah. come. Obviously it wasn't, but well, they were cheating. Yeah, not the most memorable night. Yeah. yeah. They were they were cheating. They were cheating. Right, that's a good transition, actually, into Tom, your Yankee sector of what you do. At, at Barstool Sports with, with Eric Hubs doing the Short Porch podcast. How did that originate, and what qualifications did you need to meet to get affiliated with Barstool because you weren't and when you initially started the podcast? Uh, so it started, I think it was like um, maybe February of 2018. So at that point, that was like a month before I had like my little, my little come up or rise, whatever you wanted to say. So I was originally supposed to be the producer, actually. It's going to be Hubs and Frankie Pirelli. We're going to be the hosts. But Frankie was nervous because he was like, he was just starting to do foreplay uh, at that time, which is our, our golf podcast. It's like, I don't want to be doing two golf, two podcasts because like then Dave's going to get mad at me. He's like, you got to be paying more attention to me because he's like Dave's right-hand man. He's like, maybe I just shouldn't be involved. So Hubs was like, all right, like Tommy, you just host. So me and him started to host. Then it coincided well because like a month later, I started to get more notoriety or whatever. So we got more attention. Uh, but yeah, we did, we did one whole year just on our own. It was just me and him editing it ourselves promoting it ourselves and then the criteria was honestly uh so yeah 2018 was the Yankees Red Sox playoff series so we're doing the live watch parties and stuff and like that started to build up the Yankees presence at Barstool Hubs did his little dunce tour in like Boston we had to wear a dunce hat like outside Fenway Park so that started to build up the Yankees uh brand at Barstool and since they're such a strong Red Sox presence it was kind of natural I think I just asked Dave, I was in like a year-end meeting, I was like, hey, can we just make our podcast like official? And he said, sure. So it really wasn't that complicated of a process. Um, that's like another great thing of working at Barstool was like the, the freedom to do that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely like, I'd say that's one thing that WFUV definitely helped with uh, is like, because obviously I had so much podcast and on-air experience from WFUV. Like even like we've gotten to interview a ton of, a ton of Yankee players through short ports. So like sort of, knowing what it was like to be around players from covering the Yankees in the locker room uh, at FUV, I think it definitely helps with that too. For both you guys, even in only a few years at Barstool, it seems like you guys have made some pretty big memories there. I mean, Tommy, just for you being part of that March run with Dave as a senior in college, and then obviously being vape god Tommy Smokes in that regard. And then Dan, even last night, I mean, I'm watching you on Twitch and you wreck someone because they're making fun of AJ McCarron's wife. Is um is there some is there a specific moment for either of you that sticks out in your time at Barstool? You go first, Dan, because I I want to. Yeah, think. I mean, I I wouldn't say it's hard to say. There's just one moment, but I think uh, the one like the pinch yourself moment, like I was just talking to you about West Virginia. For me at Barstool, that moment came when just a couple months in. Um, Dave put me on his private jet and we went to rough and rowdy and we put on a boxing match. And I mean, it was just like unbelievable that sort of treatment for someone that's been employed at, at a company for such short time. So, I mean, I feel like uh, he gets a bad rep in terms of, you know, certain things, but that's one thing that I was like, uh, okay, he treats us well straight from the jump. And that was an unbelievable experience because that just opened the door for all the trips that followed. Like, okay, next week we're going to this trip or 
you know, like the following summer, we launched a, a golf tournament. Um, so we were traveling all over to golf courses, whatever the event may be, just it, to me, it's been really rewarding going and having a hand in, you know, college football live show or NASCAR live event or a rough and rowdy boxing match or whatever it may be. It's just been super, really rewarding to be involved at such a young uh, point in my career. I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah, so I'll say, like, I'm picking, like, a holy sh moment. That would, uh, I don't know if we could curse, but that would be, uh, <laughs> You're like, good. Watching, like, Pete Davidson pop up playing me. But that, even that wasn't, like, I was, like, alone in my den watching that. So that wasn't, like, that fun of a memory necessarily. It was, like, surreal. But, like, if I had to pick, like, fun or whatever, or, like, the most life-changing thing was that March Madness run in 2018. From, like, I remember being so nervous uh, the day, because, like, Dave had, like, because through FUV, Dave knew that I was, like, calling games and stuff. So, he's like, all right, let's call the first games of uh, that Thursday of the tournament together. And so, like, just him winning all those bets and then me becoming, like, a good luck charm and, like, having, like, funny moments. I remember Frank Kaminsky randomly showed up. Like, I was calling uh, basketball games after Frank Kaminsky. I was like, what is going on here? But, like, that leading into, like, uh, a Las Vegas trip in which, like, was unbelievable. And then... Uh, that went to San Antonio, the final four, the following weekend, just that it's like a two to three week period that just every day literally felt like you were living a dream, like from watching Dave and Big Cat and KFC and all, all these guys and being fans, like being a part of it and like traveling with them, being like private planes at a Vegas high stakes blackjack table, whatever it was like those memories are like just crazy to think that th th those happened still. So. If that's at number one, at number two, in terms of notoriety, probably the Fox News appearance. For those who may not know, can you kind of describe the originations of appearing on one of the nation's preeminent political outlets and, and, and vaping to the, to the despair, maybe, of a medical expert? Yeah, so I, uh, like November of 2018, and I, I, my simple goal was I want more Instagram followers. I remember I had like maybe... 40,000 Twitter followers and like 3,000 Instagram followers. Like I want to even out this ratio a little bit. I was trying to think of ideas. Like, you know, I'll do like a funny, like uh, parody jewel tricks video. Like I don't jewel, like I'll pretend to do dumb jewel tricks around the office. I remember recording it on a Friday night, uh, came out on a Tuesday. Trey, who's an editor here, did an awesome job, put sicko mode underneath it. And it just like really enhanced it. And like an hour after I put out that video, uh, the FDA banned or was like considering a flavored e-cig ban or something like that. Like just happened to be incredible coincidence. And then like two days later, this girl DM me on Instagram was like, hey, I work at Fox News for the Laura Ingram angle. Uh, would you like to come on and, and represent the youth uh, and like defend the art of vaping? And I was like, sure. Like, I, I don't know anything about vaping, but this is a great opportunity for me to go out there and get some Instagram followers. So I knew just go, going into it, I just wanted to make it funny. I, I didn't I don't care at all about vaping. Like the vaping community got mad. They're like, you made us, gave us a bad look. And I was like, look, I'm in this for Instagram followers. I don't care about defending your community. I'm just going to try to go out there and be funny and make jokes. And uh, yeah, I went on. It was like a five minute interview, left Fox News. And uh, yeah, it was like just a surreal, went like as well as I could hope. In terms of exploding at such a young age on Twitter specifically, I mean, really when you like kind of burst onto the scene was during a senior being a senior in college um doing march madness stuff how was life like for you trying to balance that while trying to finish and enjoy your senior year of college it was just awesome really like it was just really fun like to be very transparent like it was because your last 
so we were like basically on spring break during all the March Madness stuff, which coincided well. So we got back at like six more weeks of college. And so those are fun enough. And then to add on like getting recognized at bars and stuff was like, it was definitely like weird at first as like one day you're like sitting in the back of Muggsy's like minding your own business. And the next time you have people asking for pictures and stuff, that was weird. Um, but it was fun. I mean, there was then like Dave wanted me to like move in with him because of all the gambling. And so it did get a little tough where it was like, I wanted to enjoy my last six weeks of college and also not mess up the opportunity I had at bar school. So that was like a little bit of a, a tough balance, I guess. But like they understood, obviously, that I, I literally had classes to go to to get like a diploma. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just like Dan was there, like we'd like go out and Dan would, I think, pretend to be my security some nights. He'd be like six feet back, six feet back, wearing <laughs> like uh, Howl at the Moon or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it was. Um, you definitely got to be like, I guess, more aware then that like you have a public image. Um, but it, for the most part, it was just really fun. Were either of you aware that the that the pizza review was going to happen at Pugsley's when it when it actually did? Actually, I remember texting Tommy and saying like, "It's happening right now," and he didn't believe me. And then uh, he sure enough sprinted over there and and caught the second half of the pizza review. Yeah, I was getting, like, him, I was getting DMs, like, oh, like, Perez is here, and I was like, no way, because at that point, that was, like, a week before March Madness, but I, I had been developing a little bit of a better relationship with Dave at that point, so we knew I was at Fordham, I was like, he was here, he'd tell me, and then I was like, like, I was just, I was, I got the text, like, all right, he's there, so I sprinted over, and just, like, basically crashed him and John Taff were having a, having a pizza review for those final three or four minutes, but no, I, I did not know until, uh, and actually, I still regret I gave Pugsley's, I think, like a 7.3. I should have just went higher because Pugsley's a four-minute institution. I think John Taffer might have given it a higher score than that. He did. I, I think both of them he was did. very impressed. Yeah, they yeah, were, and then they were I, both impressed. I mean, they made an unbelievable pie that day. Like, they did. it was better than usual. <laughs> so maybe I was, I was basing it on typical Pugsley's. I remember the next time I, I went in, like, whatever, a few days later, and Peter's just like, 7.3. Like, he was, like, mad at me. I felt really bad. Um, but yeah, I love Pugsley's. Pizza is love. Love it is. What is it? How does it go? Yeah. Love is it. And that was more, that pie had to be like 3 a.m. Pugsley's, not not 3 p.m. Pugsley's. Right. That I was basing off 3 a.m. Pugsley's. Now, they made like the freshest <laughs> Pugsley pie I've ever seen for, for Dave and John Taffer. Dan, let's shift one over to you. Um, your, nick, your name on Twitter is HQ Spider. Yeah. Explain that nickname to me, how it became, because I honestly, every time I see it, I think it's a perfect representation of you yeah so this guy right here dan katz another uh, awesome part of barstool um actually gave me that nickname on probably like my first month here his name is also dan like i said so i don't know if it was because he wanted to avoid confusion or maybe it's the fact that everyone at barstool kind of has uh some sort of nickname but i don't know for whatever reason i embraced it it kind of stuck and um yeah, I think he said I reminded him of Spider from Goodfellas, who was just kind of all over the place fetching things for uh, the people at the top of the the crime syndicate. So whatever it, it may be, however I can help is kind of my role here at Barstool. Like I talked about, FUV gives you the uh, experience to do so many different things. Kind of just turn that into a full-time job of just doing random uh different things throughout the day and I'm very fortunate that it's kind of worked out and I still have immense freedom. Guy, just one more for both of you from my end. Um, obviously Barstool is such a unique platform and there are so many people out there who would love to work at Barstool one day. What would be your biggest piece of advice to people who are pursuing 
whether it's Barstool or pursuing a unique kind of career path in sports media like you guys have? I'd say, like, there is no blueprint. Like, you know, traditional sports media or whatever, you could kind of follow. Go to a broadcasting school, get reps doing play-by-play, apply for a minor – like, Barstool, you could get in anyway. I started a social media intern. I got hired because my boss got lucky gambling sitting next to me. Like, people, people that get hired for so many different reasons where just, like, whatever you think you're, you're good at or passionate about, just do that. Like if you're a really good, uh, if you want to blog at Barstool, just start your own blog, write a ton of blogs, hopefully get traction. Um, like KB No Swag is a good example. He's a Twitter personality, awesome, like maybe the best writer we have. He just started his own blog. Like Dave saw it one day. He was like, you're great. Uh, we're going to hire you. Like it's, there's no uh, caller daddy to, to mention them. Like she, Alec Cooper, just was doing a podcast on our Instagram feed. Gaz, who works social media, saw it and was like, we're going to hire you. So there's really no specific way to be like, this is how you get hired at Barstool. I would just say, stand out, like make, try to, you know, do whatever you're doing, make it as good as possible, make it as unique as possible. And then maybe you'll catch lightning in a bottle. But even if you don't, you'll still have something that, you know, you're proud of and, and can stand behind. Yeah, I would say the, the name of the game is just being authentic. Like if, as soon as you start forcing, uh, stuff or trying to like aim it at what you think the barstool vision is it seems like that usually doesn't work out i think the the safer game plan not even just for barstool but for any career is just being showing indisputable evidence doing things you like for example if if you want to run a social account or do social media start a twitter and say here's where i started here's where where we're at now this is how much it's grown or, you know, even down to a finance thing, if you work in the finance world, okay, this is how much we spent. This is the total percentage of the budget that we could have saved, et cetera. Just putting things in an indisputable fact form of like, here's what I created. Here's how consistently I've been doing it. It's been occurring for this long. Every week here, you can find it. That is huge. I mean, there's a lot of people that talk about what they want to do or the ideas that they have, but it's a completely different thing to actually put it in fruition and do it consistently over and over and just get those reps in. Yeah, and I'll also add, like, for Barstool specifically, like, get your foot in the door basically uh, any way you can. Like, for me, it started like a social media intern, which, like, you know, was that something I want to do forever? No, but, like, I felt like, all right, my foot was in the door. I could get to a place in the company where I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Dan, he started as, like, an office manager. I'm sure he didn't, like, stock in chips and and stuff every day, but he's now at a point where, like, he's doing it. He's rubbing his racing stream. Like, he's at a point where he's more happy. So, like, You'll get get your foot in the door, and then you'll kind of figure it out from there, I would say. One more, Tom. Your Thursday thoughts on Instagram, some of those I actually have never even thought to consider. Do you, is that all your personal just train of thought, or do you find it elsewhere? You think I'm stealing Thursday thoughts on that? What kind of, <laughs> what kind of insult is that? Uh, no, they're all – I have like a probably 120-page Google Doc of just things that I think I, – I, Early on, it was easy because like these are all just thoughts I've had throughout my entire life. And then as I've did, I think I've done like seventy six of them now. You sort of have to get dig dig kind of deep into there and just everything you think. Sort of almost write them as if you're writing like a joke, almost sort of like for some of them. Some of them are like that. Some of them are just a random thing that that you think. So no, those those are all originals. I'm a little insulted actually. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to insult, but hey, you can look at it as a compliment as well. They are very interesting thoughts. So, so it shows the uniqueness of it. So, guys, we appreciate it. Continue to kill it at Barstool and appreciate you taking some time today. Thanks so much, E-Man. I appreciate it. Uh, Jackson, 
Rob, I hope all is well at WFUV. Thanks so much for having us on today, guys. Yeah, th thanks for having us. Keep killing it there at WFUV. Uh, hopefully you guys can have, have a senior year and enjoy that senior year WFUV experience because it's, it's once in a lifetime. Fun time catching up with Tom and Dan Jackson. It is very fun reliving Tom's path because you almost forget how many iconic moments he's had already at Barstool Sports. Dan has become a very prominent member there as well. Tom from senior year at Fordham into his time at Barstool where he's found so many different niches that he's been able to latch onto. It's really great to unpack the broad scheme of what he's been able to do. It just really kind of opens up to like what Barstool really is all about. Um, and I, I think Tom is the perfect example of that because he's a guy who went there, interned, kind of really made his own path at Barstool and now is a big time personality there. And it just goes to show you like if you're good enough and you're talented enough like Tom is, there, there will be a place for you even at that young age at such a popular medium now in the sports industry and even for Dan as well. I mean, Dan has taken a different path like he talked about. I mean, he really kind of, he said he kind of went off the coattails of Tom, but I mean, once he's getting there, I mean, he's kind of exploded lately. I mean, I know we just talked about it, but he he got big traction on Twitch the other night. Like that's something that you really you really can't make up because that's just what Barstool Sports is. I mean, they find ways to create incredible, intriguing content, and Tom and Dan have been a huge part of that. Even though Dan's been more behind the scenes, he's still finding his way into it, and Tom, as we know, has been a big part of that for the last few years. And you mentioned Dan. I know for us, spanning back to when we overlapped in college with him, if you would have told us that he'd be at Barstool right now and if personality would fit in, no one would be shocked. His no. personality is definitely up there with the best of them. I mean, I always remember saying Dan is one of the funniest people I've met in college, and uh, he he sure stays with that mantra. And, I mean, Barstool is just a perfect fifth form because it just allows him to show his personality off. And, I mean, just from talking about the whole Twitch thing, like he he – he ran, not ran over a guy, but crashed into a guy in a race because he was making fun of AJ McCarron's girlfriend. I mean, if that's not the most on-brand Dan DiOrio thing, I don't know what is because he's just the man. He's hilarious. And him and Tom are doing great things at Barstool and will continue to do great things at Barstool. But also, one of the big things they did, too, is they kind of forged the path to Barstool for people at WFUV. And not just Barstool, but they kind of show that you can take such a unique path in this industry because there are so many ways to get involved in this industry, whether you want to really be on the serious side of things or if you want to be on the hosting side of things, which both of them have done at Barstool Sports. And it all starts at WFUV, and that's how the path was created for the both of them. You can catch new episodes of Off the Air every week on WFUVsports.org, wherever you get your podcasts. For this week's episode and for Jackson Heil, Emmanuel Barbari, we'll catch you next week on the Off the Air podcast.